Wished No Hope, the podcast. Uh, we need to talk about Rosie O'Donnell. Hello from the construction and dog <laughs> zones. <laughs> Listeners, it's going to be a shit show. Just, well, there, there's a lot going on, full disclosure. I'm back from, you, you may have known, you may not have known that I had a little sojourn, and is that a word? In Connecticut, I was... Very uh, nice I, use. I was Very mostly, nice. mostly in Connecticut for the nine months, but New York has welcomed me back with the dulcet tones of uh, drilling and hammering directly above me, which is always great when, you know, you're working from home 100%. And, uh, and, and of course, you're getting ready to record a podcast <laughs> right. episode, which of course it had been silent for the last four days, and then five minutes before this very recording, it commences. So, and uh, I am recording from camp, which means that the pups have a lot to bark about. So there's going to be <laughs> a so lot. Please, please of excuse. The barking and drilling. But we have so barking much to say. It's I know. unbelievable. I it's know. It's going to be so much fun. And we're just going to get through it. We're just going to get through it. We're yeah. professionals. I just, I just wanted people to know that if I seem particularly frosty today, there's an actual reason this time. It's not just, you know, strong opinions about musical theater. But there, there will be some of those or, on offer as well. Or just general cynical bitchiness. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I'm really glad I'm not talking about a Vita today. I mean, there would be, like, F-bombs a-flying. <clears throat> there would be blood on the dance blood. floor. Blood on the dance floor. Which... Wasn't that the name of a I'm Michael like, what Jackson is that? album? Yes, I think I was, that was the I think name that of a Michael re- Jackson album, I and that really is, is going to be our first question. We have our producer, Mr. Michael Fell, on hand. Hi, Michael. Well, hello, boys. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining us and Thank for you. being a calming force <laughs> to Scott right now during this <laughs> renovation project that is happening above him beyond his control. Y'all, you should have yeah. seen Scott came in at a 10 today. It was oh, yeah. incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the lack of control element where it's like, what? I, I can't York, control baby? this situation. I don't know when it starts. I don't know where it ends. Yeah. But I do listen like the idea listen, of thinking listen. of it like a sea creature. Um, okay. Well, it's, sure. Or, or like, a, yeah. like we're on... Or like whales. Whales. Like whales, you know, like deep sea, when you listen to like recordings of deep sea whales, like singing Carly Rae Jepsen or something to each other. Yeah. It is whale-esque. It is. It's whale-esque. All right. See, that's calming. Wow. Uh, so, <laughs> so Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. So this is one of the questions, Mr. Fell. Like, what do you think about this Michael Jackson musical that is coming to Broadway? M. Jay, let me read you the Broadway, I think it's broadwayworld.com that I got this from. This electrifying new musical will take audiences inside the creative process of one of the greatest entertainers in history. Featuring over 25 of Michael Jackson's biggest hits, MJ will bring an explosion of music and theatricality to Broadway that's as unforgettable as the artist himself are you in. No. (laughs) <laughs> sorry that was nope. that was succinct i like yeah, it i have nothing more to say but no it's no so, I, I just find it i i can't get over it i'm gonna have to go see it i have to go see it i have or really I, I think so i feel like i'm just i mean oh, lynn God. nottage 
yeah, who yeah. is a mo- multiple Pulitzer Prize winning playwright, is writing this book, and I'm just like, oh. what is the book? What is it? Where is it coming from? I did not know Lynn Nottage was yes. in the book. Yeah. Okay, that's more yeah. interesting to me. Right? And the, the I, director, I'm... too, is quite um, uh, of note, although I can't remember his name or any of his credits, but but Lynn Nottage. <laughs> but of note. <laughs> but definitely, when I read it, I was like, oh, wow, he's done a lot of stuff, you know? It's yeah. quirky St. Clair. Yeah, no, um, I wow. am still Susie skeptical, even with Lynn Nottage, so I will wait until your review I'm yeah I'm curious to see it seems it's gonna be I just can't imagine a big commercial Broadway venture being very realistic about the circumstances under which those that man lived and giving like a sort of nuanced I'm sure they'll do the bare minimum to give a sort of nuanced portrayal of his very complicated life but I can't I mean I don't know it's just so it just reeks of commercial success because his music is incredible no doubt but to tell like the story of his life that is thorny territory for a Broadway production. I think maybe some other production, but I don't know. I can't imagine. But they have, that's the thing. They have authorization from the estate, from the family. So you're right. I mean, there's no way that. No, it can't be, it can't be that critical. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, yeah, he, he did some horrible things, but no doubt horrible things were done to him. Sure. This is a this is a story of the cycle of violence and yes. abuse and trauma is, yes. and trauma, yeah. which yes. is what it should be about. And I have I have extremely little faith <laughs> that that will be true. Even I though Lynn Nottage is doing guarantee that. you that is not the show that will emerge. It's yeah. just I, you know, this is a topic that we've we've talked about a couple of times. Just the you know this is cancel culture a real thing? Do you what do you do with people's bodies of work like mm. Michael Jackson yep. none of these allegations have ever been proven in a court of law um, but I think the accepted belief system is now that he did and was a, a pedophile you know mm. and and so it's but that doesn't mean that his music wasn't amazing mm-hmm. so I don't know I, I don't I certainly don't pretend to know the answer and I don't listen to Michael Jackson the way that I think I would have, but I still occasionally, cause you know, yeah. it was a big part of my life. I mean, no, you listen to that free Willie song like I, once a week. I do listen to that free Willie song when, I'm, when I'm feeling a little down that free Willie song. I think I need that song like, right as now. As, <laughs> as soon as we we've wrapped here. Someone needs to free the willy above you. Speaking of whales, that was like, is was that an orca? Is that what it was? Yes, orca. 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 Okay. I never yeah. actually saw any of those because wasn't it plural? I believe they made like multiple free wills. Oh, yeah, for but, sure. This is kind yeah. of an Airbud situation where there's like nine of them. <laughs> Most of them went direct to VHS, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I'm sure. Was the original like protagonist child in subsequent in the sequels is a question I have. Probably, probably a couple, but then they did yeah. that like hot swap they always do. Like sure. the Home Alone when all of a sudden in yeah. the third one, I think it was just a completely new kid. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Hot take, my favorite of the Home Alone movies. 
Really? The third one. I know. I really? I remember what, what, what was the it was third like a, one. There was a about? Russian. It was like a, these kooky Russians trying to steal a microchip that this kid accidentally got. He, there was, it was a lot of tech. There was like huh. an RC okay. car that I, I was very much at like a seven to nine year old range when that yeah. hit came out. I was too young for the original, so I like them, but like that one hit in a real way for me. Well, Even I'm though the second one is the best, arguably. This, the second one is when they come to New York? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Good times. Amazing. So speaking of good times, I hope it's okay that we ask you this. I think it is because the last time we spoke to you, we actually talked about the fact that your 30th birthday was approaching. Yes. It has now you, passed. You lived, to, you lived to tell the tale. Yeah, You're, right. you, you are now what? of age. Give us some highlights. What did you do? Who did you see? Oh what did you know? What, what was the event? How did you mark this momentous occasion? Yes. Well, it was a complex one because of COVID, of course. Timing. But yep. my beautiful partner, Cody, did some wonderful things for me. Two majorly. One was like a great camping trip we took with two friends up oh. to um, Catterskill Waterfall. We did a, a hike on ice flows that almost literally almost killed a couple of people had we not <laughs> had the crampons. That oh. you, know, you know what crampons are? Yeah. Absolutely. It was like metal things you put on your shoes. She's we had hiking now. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, there were, yeah, we had, <laughs> there were four of us. We had three sets of crampons. So two people had full sets and then Katie and Cody split one. So they each had one per foot. Oh, okay. Which so was not ideal. there were some ideal. slides on the, oh, on yeah. the non yeah, we, foot. we came, we crawled up a, a frozen waterfall and on the yeah. descent almost lost the both of them into the river. <laughs> oh, it was, my God. <laughs> it was and unforgettable. Was it, and this was probably not very well trafficked i presume no lots of signs telling us not to do what we were doing i, <laughs> right, I, I can't course. i can't lie <laughs> it's the american way it is the american way fuck you oh yeah i did like a lot of hiking in winter and i would be in the literally in the middle of nowhere by myself like on you know like steep terrain thinking like huh this is definitely how people die <laughs> yep. i think people have been airlifted out of here before <laughs> right exactly um and then I had, and then he threw me a, a surprise. Wait, wait, how long were you there? How long oh, were you yeah. there? Uh, three days. Okay. Oh, this Perfect. cute little cabin in yep. the woods. Um, it was lovely. And then we had a surprise party, which was supposed to be for my 29th birthday last year, oh. but got canceled because of COVID. And then they all kept it up through the year. And it was this game we played. We watched this TV show called Taskmaster. It's on it's on BBC Four. It's a British okay. game show. Yeah, I have a friend That's who's a, told me about this. You have like, it's was like you should see this. It's yeah. it's the best TV show I've ever seen. If well. I, I won't go into it because I could literally talk all day, but <laughs> it's this game where you people do silly tasks and they're judged by this like judge who gives them arbitrary points, like whose line is it anyway? And he, like they they had all, all my friends had been commissioned to do various tasks over the course of the year, like bring me an item with thirty things in it. Or uh, using like the the GPS tracking on your phone, draw the best picture you can of something on a walk, <laughs> or um, oh, perform wow. the most impressive magic trick. Oh um, my God. All the many different categories, and so over the course of the year, oh, there was one where Cody called them and said, "Like, um, I want you to take a picture of what you're wearing. Like, to give me a full body picture right now." They sent it, and then Cody said, all right, great. You have five minutes to change your appearance as much as you possibly can, and then you must send me another picture in five minutes. Go. Wow. And so then they did that, and he the, the, everything was all assembled, and then they shared the like kind of presentation with me on my surprise birthday, and I got to judge all of their 
uh, each category. <laughs> I gave up points, and we had a winner at the end, and it was oh an absolute blast. My honestly, my favorite birthday ever. That is That's amazing, and yeah, everybody was lovely. remote except for your roommates. No, we were we were. There, this was my core pack. So these are my like five besties, okay, okay. right? Who I'd been seeing all COVID anyway, because we all kind of bubbled together. Got it, so they, got it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. It was great. That it was very good. A good way to usher fun. in the decade. That is amazing. That drilling yeah. is just really like it's <laughs> just punctuate. I feel like it's punctuating so many things, including Michael's birthday. <laughs> Um, well, this is this actually leads into uh, the, the the thing that I kind of gave you a heads up about because we know that you love games, yes. and we were trying to think of some kind of game to play on the podcast with you. And, and I had just, uh, since I'm a huge Real Housewives fan, and that is like my go-to trash television, and I yes. watch like you know six different cities worth. They just played this game um oh. this week yeah so on beverly hills so we beverly are hills. so if it's good ready. if it's good enough for the beverly hills housewives <laughs> oh. it's good enough for us we didn't say that i am tim Miller. i who am i yeah i think Scott's you're lost. scott schneider who am i and we are Ray. no hope the podcast outcasts in the arts Thank you, Ben. Um, okay, yeah. so we're going to play Two Truths and a Lie with Woo! our wonderful producer, Mr. Michael Fell. Um, who? How do? Who are we going to? How are we going to decide who goes first? Uh, um, I don't know. Do you? Age, do classic you... Age Before Beauty. Age before <laughs> so beauty. Tim, so I go first. All right, that sounds perfect. <laughs> Great, thank you. Um, okay, so was act. These are my. This is number one. Okay. Was actually terrified the second time he went skydiving, but not the first. Okay. Had to buy a pair of flip-flops after a New York temp gig to wear home from the Upper East Side because he had worn his dress shoes without socks, which had immediately given him a massive blister. Okay. Well, that was dumb. And if, they, finally, if, if he really did that. Was cast in a community college production of The Wizard of Oz when he was eight, but backed out okay Ooh. okay the shoes seems like a classic new york foible mm-hmm. i'm with you on that so that if that is a lie it is a good underplayed lie yeah the wizard of oz is very on brand mm-hmm. but but not to back out of it right this that you said eighth suspect. grade Tim? i think it was eight eight year old okay eight years old okay and the first one was skydiving the second time skydiving the second i've time. not known you to skydive but i do very much believe you would scott do you know if he's he yes. yes yeah yeah something about doing it the second being scared the second time kind of makes sense to me mm-hmm. right because i guess you know kind of more like the first time is all just question marks so you kind of just go for it that's very that's a very tim move to just go for yeah. it but yeah. then when you know what can go wrong after having done it, it would be quite scary. <laughs> Plus, if the guy you're strapped to is hot, you never know. I'm sure you, you were strapped to someone both times. Just FYI, yes. if I may okay. say, we Tim and I went skydiving together the first time. Okay. And the guy that I was strapped to was, in fact, hot. And I was, as a result, 
not scared. It's, uh, yeah, I can't. I'm not supposed to say anything yet until you guys decide. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm just letting Michael deliberate yes. and yeah, ultimately good. choose. Okay. Oh, okay. I, then I'm so going to say three is a lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. No, it is. No. It, 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 so it's a little bit of a trick question. The first one oh. is a lie. I was cast oh. in a community college production of or a uh, community college production of The Music Man when I was eight oh. and backed out. You backed out of that. Okay. That was that was cheap. It is a that little cheap. cheap. It is cheap. a little cheap, isn't it? Just to like swap out the the particular <laughs> production. <laughs> I yeah, was right. having like, a really was, hard time. But the spirit of it is exactly the same. It's like, nope, I gotcha. <laughs> Meredith, not this time, Meredith Wilson. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> cheap. I, that was that was cheap. And let's can we talk you. about how? Sh- can we talk about how Shapoopy is the worst song ever in the music Shapoopy, theater canon? Shapoopy. I do hate that song. Hate Except that they song. do it on the on on Family Guy, and it's like kind of amusing. Walk around once just to raise the curtain. Walk around twice and you make for certain. Once more in a flower garden, she will never get sore if you beg a pardon. Squeeze her once when she is a looking. Get a squeeze back, that's fancy cooking. <laughs> that's true. They that's do true. It. Yeah. It's just a ridiculous um, song. But All it of is those ridiculous. musicals of that, like. Chapoopy. Uh, Chapoopy. What's the music? What's the song from Guys and Dolls? Like, but, but, Bushel and a Peck? I don't know. It kind of reminds you, me of that. A bushel and a Peck. Bushel and a peck, peck and a hug around the neck. the neck. Hug around the neck. And okay, then stop. in Oklahoma, it's the farmer <laughs> and the cowman should be friends. Yeah. It's kind of I mean, this, all of those all like same classic musicals have yeah. to have that like slapstick play on words yeah, type Oof. situation. Yeah, but Shapoopy uh, is definitely the worst. Yeah. First, without <laughs> yes. question. Exhausting for modern okay, uh, so uh, I, audiences. I, I apologize for my, um, my trick question. Uh, but See, I feel so glad that there's barking in the background right now it feels it's it feels endless it endless. literally is endless yeah it's like shit show uh so uh, so i think uh, well i'm clearly next in age so uh so i'll launch into mine uh two truths and a lie uh one i've never seen it's a wonderful life okay. uh number two the first time i ever got drunk was at a dave matthews concert oh my god number three <laughs> I grew up Catholic, and I was an altar boy. Wow. Mm. Okay. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, I feel like anyone who grew up Catholic, and did you go to Catholic school? Or you I did not go to that? Catholic Oh. Okay. Well, that's okay. I mean, because if you go to a Catholic school, I think, don't you have to be an altar boy at some point? Yeah. I went to Catholic I was, school, yeah. and I, went, I was an altar boy. Yeah. I went to Lutheran church, and I was a candle boy once, which is basically the same thing. Yeah. Except okay. I don't think you have to, like, uh, do as much, like, to the priest. Yeah, there's no servicing. <laughs> there's no servicing of the priest. Yeah. Whoa. Um, uh, what, so, wait, sorry. So, it's Walter Boy. Life. Walter Boy. Number one. Right. Two is Dave Matthews concert drunk. And three, three. is Alter Boy. Catholic now this Alter is, Boy. Th- it would be funny if it's, ca- if it's Dave Matthews drunk because... That would, that would tie us together in a very unique way, Scott, because mm. at my... F- the first time I went to a Dave Matthews Band concert, yeah. I was 19, and I was drinking in the in the parking lot. I had okay. literally two or three sips of a Miller Lite, and then, <laughs> woo-woo, fucking cops roll up, take me away. What? I blow a point zero one 
And they give me a, I don't know, I think it was like a $250 ticket, and I lost my license. That is some bullshit. Which is not even allowed, but they did it anyway. Oh my God. $250? That is bullshit. That is some overreach for a couple I, of sips of Miller Lite. It wasn't no, even a good I, beer. No. <laughs> that is crazy, fucking crazy, crazy story. Also, I watched two bros almost fight in that parking lot, and the third bro appeared on top of their minivan and said, Bros, bros, it's <laughs> Dave. And then they both were like, back down. I'm like, all right, great. Yeah, you're right. It's Dave. You're, you're right. like, good point. Fair point. <laughs> it was wild. <laughs> the Zen, the Zen of Dave. I think it, so it must be the first one then, right? That seems like a thing. It's a wonderful life. Oh, Tim I think no. it's either the first or the third. I believe the second one, but I think it's possible yeah. that he was not an altar boy. I don't think, I feel like he's never... I don't think we ever talked about the, because I was an altar boy. I went to Catholic school. I was an altar boy for like right. three years. Well, no, I don't think you can be altar boy when you're in first grade, but I'm sure I was an altar boy <laughs> in like third grade for sure. Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll go altar boy. I like that. I like You that. are correct. Yes! <laughs> yes! Uh, I have never seen It's a Wonderful Life. I have gotten drunk at a Dave Matthews concert. <laughs> I did grow up Catholic and go to like Sunday school, but I was never an, an altar, altar boy. boy. And I always like would like watch them during the mass and like feel really sorry for them and be like very happy that I didn't have to deal with that. Um, yeah. 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 But did, were you ever jealous of the flowy robes? Did they wear dresses, basically? They did. They wore dresses. See, I yeah. was always, I, mm-hmm. I was not Catholic. I was Lutheran, but my grandparents were, so we would go to Catholic Mass sometimes. And I was always very jealous that they got to wear flowy clothes. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, they do. so gay. They, yeah. Did they, belt, did they belt them? I don't think they did. It was no, just like a big, long, no. white, It was kind of like a moo with yeah. this open at the yes. sides, you know? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> this was also a vehicle because I was like, how can I also tie in somehow musical theater? And so you probably both know that there was a musical called Alter Boys. Yes. An off-Broadway musical. Um, that started at Nymph. Yes, it started oh. at Nymph, um, and the show satirized, among other things, the phenomenon of boy bands and the popularity of Christian-themed music in contemporary American culture. It actually, it, like you said, it started at uh, New York Musical Theater Festival, um, and the original cast, which I did not realize because I never actually saw this, included Cheyenne Jackson what? Uh, as Matthew and Andy Carl as uh, the character of Luke, I guess, and Mark Kudish performed a pre-recorded role of G-O-D. It's like an acronym, but like, God. Hello. Cause that's the way to get to heaven above. We are the altar boys. You know we're coming to your town. We are the altar boys. We are gonna knock the devil down. We are the altar boys. We're going to sing for you today. We are the altar boys. We always kneel when we pray. Um, Thank you for that clarity. Yeah. You know, just trying to help our listeners. So how many, Nymph incidentally no longer exists, but um, how many times do you think we were rejected from there? I believe six, which when you, because, and I think that those were $75 a pop for the entry fee. So that would be $450. 
by like number five and six, Tim and I would like get into arguments about it. Yeah, would be like, he was I like, don't want to no, submit. Why? And I'm like, it's, it's a good exercise. It's I'm a like, good exercise. Clearly, like whatever they want to like buy, like we're not selling. Like, uh. <laughs> like it's a donation, which is fine. Like any <laughs> festival that uh, that you know generates New York uh, new work is fine by me. But uh, but anyway, they don't exist anymore, and we still do. So That's who's right. on top and who's on bottom now, huh? <laughs> Um, to quote a little Parker Posey as Libby Mae Brown you from uh, are, Waiting for Guffman. Who's on top and who's on bottom now? You are correct. Um, All right, well, Mr. Okay. Fell. Ding, okay. Well, ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, here all right. we go. So mine all revolve around a theme, which are my first kisses. Ooh. These are among the first okay. people I kissed. One of these okay. is the lie, two are true. Okay. Um, among my first kisses was a Guatemalan girl in Knoxville, Tennessee. I kissed okay. a Guatemalan girl in Knoxville, Tennessee. Among my first kisses was in a production of The Importance of Being Earnest. Mm -hmm. And one of my first kisses was uh, with a boy named Michael after he shot me in the head with a bow and arrow. Wow. Okay, which character did you kiss in The Importance of Being Earnest? Who did you play and who did you kiss? I was Ernest, and I, I was. It was Cecily. I don't remember which one it was. Cecily or Gwendolyn. I'm not sure. Okay. Hmm. And was I'm, this person who I'm... shot you in the head with a bow and arrow? Was it like a Nerf bow and arrow? Was it? It was a practice bow and arrow, so it had like a dulled tip, oh. but it was a legitimate archery set. I bled quite a lot. Oh. And he well, kissed you to make you feel better, or he kissed you because he was hot for you? Are you allowed to be asking all these questions? Well, I feel sure like not. Michael asked questions. <laughs> I did. I, Go I've ahead, actually ask never played this game. I only literally saw it on Beverly Hills, so I don't really know <laughs> the rules. But I'm like, it just seems like a lot of follow up questions. There's a okay. lot of like British panel shows exactly like this, and they get they get grilled on them. So go ahead. Oh, okay. really? It's half okay. the fun. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Um, yes, he shot me in the head, and it was more romantic. It was like a post-wrestling. But did he mean to shoot you in the head? Like, was it his intention, or was he being playful, and he kind of accidentally shot you in the head? Playful accident, for this sure. This was not a hate crime term, nope. like, sexy times. No. No. Nope. Okay. Michael I mean, was not malicious. Like the that. first one <laughs> seems like a strange thing to make up. Right? It's very it specific. It really does. Guatemalan girl in Knoxville, right? And the third yeah. one, like, there's a lot of specifics, but the second one, the I, second one I, I mean, think I is believe that he could have played Ernest, but I just I know. question... I know. I think the second one is a ruse. I think that's the We lie. agree? We agree? I think so, yeah. yeah. Okay. We're going to say number two is not true. Michael sh kissing me after shooting me in the head with a bone arrow is true. It's very true. That was my second kiss. Ooh. It was wow. a boy named Michael after he shot me in the head with a bone a arrow. Boy like that. Wait. I'll shoot you in the head with a <laughs> arrow. Wait. Yes. So then rubber arrow. So which one's fake between those other two? Well, no, it has to be Ernest. Yeah, is fake. Ernest. That's right. Ernest is. Yeah. I did not kiss anyone in Ernest. We did yes. not. We were not allowed to kiss. Yes, yes we did it. We're not allowed to kiss. Okay. Wait, so, My, we, yeah. so, so we did it. We did. You it. did it well. You got it right yeah. the second time. No, we no, said we that got the it right. Very we first said time. Ernest. I think that you must have oh. had like yeah. a small, 
like moment where you weren't moment. paying attention. Maybe I play it back. Play it back. Maybe you know we we agreed, Tim. Shockingly, with very little disagreement, we both. Maybe you were uh, hypnotized by the whale. I was momentarily. I have the yipping and the whale got me. Um, well, Michael, thank you so much for joining us. We, oh my God, thank you. And also for continuing to uh, put up with us and help us through the second season. Yeah, th- let me tell you right now, this is going to be a fun one to edit. I was gonna... <laughs> yeah, do... I was going to say you're going to be editing the whale. I'm going to have a lot. I'm going to spend a lot of personal time with this goddamn whale. Mm. Just and these dogs. It... Can I leave you with one thing before I go? Please. Please. Yeah. So I just I, I want to know if you have heard of Clue the musical. <gasps> no, but that's so funny because for years I was like somebody should make a musical out of Clue and it should be like when you know like an interactive theater type thing. Well, Peter DiPietro did it in the 80s, and I was just part of a reading for the revamp they're doing in London. What? What? And it is an interactive theater piece where at the beginning of the show, they pick a character, they pick a weapon, and they pick a room. And then the play, the book, is is written in such a way that, you know, certain things happen or don't depending on who is where and with what. And there's, it's a musical. And it's been oh around God. forever, and See? it's made him a millionaire, based, well, I imagine. And I did a reading for the new version, which they're now going to make an app, I think. They're going to build an app to like so the audience can play along. Oh, oh my yeah. God. That, was it, how was it? Was it fun? It was super fun. He was, he's like, he was very frank. He's like, this is a commercial venture. We were a, we were a, uh, experimental interactive theater group in New York in like the seventies. And we got an opportunity to do this and make a bunch of money. And it's not like the best thing we've ever done, but it's a lot of fun and people do it all the time. It's a big community theater grab, obviously. Sure. Of course. Um, and so, and they're getting a London premiere. So he was doing rewrites and needed to hear it. So I somehow got involved in Literally just finished it. It's a blast. I mean, I didn't hear the music. We just uh, did the book, so I'm not sure what the music's that. like. But that yeah. oh my so god! Fun. And so that so that preceded the movie, then. So, I believe yeah. so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like there's a song called like "Flames" on the side. Flames. Of my face. Flames. Yes, you would. Song now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I can see that you'd be so perfect in anything British, which is funny since yeah. you're not British, mm. but you. I'm not. You have a very. You have an air to, about you. Tim um, thinks people are British a lot. I do. There's an episode, I Graham do. Nash, right? That's I right. prefer to think people are British. I mean, yeah, it's a compliment, give them really. more things, I think, you know? Sure. Mm-hmm. sure. Um, that's amazing. That's so fun. I didn't know. How did we not know that? That's crazy. Yeah. No. And I love that. I was like, you know what would be a good idea? It was like literally <laughs> done <Yeah>. decades ago. <laughs> of course. Of course. Of course. That's of course, us. It's on brand. Definitely <laughs> on brand. Um, all right, Mr. Fell. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you, fellas. you. Thank you. Have a good episode. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Um, so onward. 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 Are... What's next on the agenda? Onward. Well. We it has been so long since we have actually done any rewinds because we have had back to oh. back to back guests. Yeah. Hopefully you have been enjoying them. It has been so much fun to talk with uh all of the people. We just had Barry Johnson Rutherford. We have Brittany Anasetta coming up. Yep. Next, uh which by the well, time I mean, you it, get it won't this, be won't be coming oh, right, up by right, the time right, right. you've heard this. See how we that works. We just had <laughs> Mary Johnson Rutherford and Brittany Anasetta. <laughs> 
<laughs> and now, they're like, you mean you? I'm not hearing this in real time. You record these things and edit them ahead of time. Wow. And so we decided it would be great for us to take a quick moment before yeah. we dive into um, a little bit of a unique twist to our typical just Scott and I episode to do some rewinds because it's been such a long time. Rewind! Who Boondar. wants to go first? Um, I'll go first okay. with like one, one and a half. It's not even a half, 1.1. 1. 1. Uh, so at some point we, I, well, at some point when I was trashing the Little Mermaid stage adaption, uh, stage adaptation, adaption. we were, adaption, <laughs> we were, uh, we were some, maybe you were questioning whether Tarzan the musical came before The Little Mermaid, and the answer is yes. It did. Tar- okay. Tarzan opened in 2006, running for 35 previews and 486 performances. The Little Mermaid opened on January 10th, 2008, and closed on January 30th, 2009, after 50 previews and 685 performances. Oh, wow. So The Little Mermaid yeah. actually lasted longer. Yeah. I think, you know, resting on the laurels of being little, the Little Mermaid. Yeah, but Phil Collins, think... won, didn't Phil Collins win mm. an Oscar for that that song? For Tarzan? Whatever that song was that he wrote. Yeah. I'm no sure idea. he did. I, sure. I remember reading that when we were when I was doing the Lion huh. King research. Well, look it up. All right. Well, um, okay. So the next the let next me, one. Oh, you, you okay. can end. You can end. So I let me end. do. Yeah, we'll we'll switch. We'll switch off. I can end. What What do you mean by I, I can mean, end? I mean, let's swap. I'll do one. Oh, and then okay. You can do yeah, one again. Okay. Go. Okay. Go. So go. 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 I had. Tr- I had tried to remember the name of a book um, that is uh, is famous, written by Anne Lamott about writing. Mm. I had that great quote about poop. Yep, do you remember yep, that yep. poop quote? I do. So the, bir- the book is Bird by Bird, Some Instructions on Writing and Life. Um, I want to talk about Anne Lamott. It's a fucking great book. If you are a writer, it is just a wonderful... It's not necessarily like a breakdown sort of how-to book, you know, in terms of like nuts and bolts. It's much more sort of approach and um, the way that you sort of think about stories and how you think about your memories and things. It's not like... It's a little more conceptual. It's a little more conceptual. Esoteric. Maybe that's not the right word. So... yeah, it's a little more, yeah, like abstract or, or mm-hmm. emotional, you know, I think. Abstract was the word I was looking for. Um, so Anne Lamott was born in April, on April 10th, 1954. She's an American novelist and nonfiction writer. She is also a progressive political activist, public speaker, and writing teacher. She's based in Marin County, California, which I believe is in the San Francisco area. Fancy. I was going to say it totally is. Yeah. Um, Her nonfiction works are largely autobiographical, marked by their self-deprecating humor and openness. Lamott's writings cover such subjects as alcoholism, single motherhood, depression, and Christianity. And despite the last uh, Some of those things go hand in hand. (laughs) 
<laughs> if I may say so. That is um, it. You're anyway. a horrible person. Yeah, I'm a horrible um, person. Despite there being a, a very strong spiritual and Christian bent to her writing, I l- fucking love mm. her writing. I was that was one of the highlights of my year at Ted. She, I got to meet her. I had never known who she was before. I have okay. a signed book of hers. She was amazing. She has a Ted talk that is awesome. It's like 12 things I've learned. Um, it's not very long. It's totally worth seeing. Um, but this is the, uh, this is a quote and then I'll, and then I'm going to move on from Anne Lamott. This is the quote about, uh, from the book bird by bird. 30 years ago, my older brother, who was 10 years old at the time, was trying to get a report on birds written that he'd had three months to write, but it was due the next day. We were at our, at our family cabin in Bolinas, and he was at the kitchen table close to tears, surrounded by binder paper and pencils and unopened books on birds, immobilized by the hugeness of the task ahead. Then my father sat down beside him, put his arm around my brother's shoulder and said, bird by bird, buddy. Just take it bird by bird. I love that story. That's kind of the essence of the book that gives you a little flavor of the book. And just because, you know, we're talking about writing books, I wanted to mention a few others that I think are amazing. Writing Down the Bones by Natalie Goldberg. Another very conceptual sort of book, abstract book. If you're having trouble just sort of like crystallizing some a direction or a focus, um, and then two books that are a little bit more practical, The Art of Dramatic Writing by Lajos Egri, which was written in fucking 1972 and is still just insanely amazing. And everyone who's trying to write a play or a musical or anything, screenplay, anything dramatic should read that. And finally, the Stephen King uh, writing memoir, which is part memoir. And then there is this kind of instructional part, which is a little bit more kind of nuts and bolts mm-hmm. so it's a very different flavor okay. and how he came it, it really is fascinating if you know anything about Stephen King which all we all do because of his films if not having read a book the autobiography part is a really just fascinating like how he wrote the books things about Carrie um, he threw that entire script away and his wife dug it out of the fucking trash. Oh my God. I, I yeah, yeah. I actually like knew that things story. like that, yeah. like which I had never <clears throat> known anything about. So that's also a great read, but all of those books are amazing. I will hmm. put them, uh, I'll, I'll put them on the little description on the website in case anyone feels so inspired to ever go there and click on a link. Um, back to you. Love that. Um, we were talking about, actress Sandy Duncan yes. in the context of Peter Pan. Um, and I was opining a little bit about her sitcom career, which is how, of course, I like, first came to know of her. Uh, did a little research. Sandy actually has been nominated for three Tony Awards, two Emmy Awards, and two Golden Globe Awards. Uh, TV, yes, I mostly know her from TV. Um, <clears throat> first, and what was a, that? Um, the TV. What I was, was the TV? Oh, so the TV, what I knew her from was, um, it was called The Hogan Family, which I was struggling with. Uh, I was correct, though, that it was previously known as Valerie's Family. Um, Actually, originally Valerie, then Valerie's Family. It was in 1987 that she joined the show after Valerie Harper was dismissed from the sitcom. Um, Duncan starred as the matriarch's sister-in-law, Sandy Hogan, who moved in with her brother and three sons to help raise the family after Valerie's death. 
uh, and she remained with the series through its cancellation. Uh, I did not remember this, but Jason Bateman was in it as one of the what? sons, as girl crazy and sometimes narcissistic sixteen-year-old David. Um, also. Uh, Valerie worked as a buyer for an auction house and her best friend Barbara Goodwin was played by none other than Broadway's Christine Ebersole which like I also don't remember that but I'm pretty sure I actually didn't start watching this until season two at which point apparently Christine was written off of the show drama there was apparently a lot of drama about the show it sounds Um, like it yeah, like also I, uh, I mentioned that Harper's character was killed off. This was uh, after its second season when Harper was fired after um, uh, contractual disputes. Uh, and the timeline of the third season begins six months after Valerie's character's death in an auto accident. I was wrong. For some reason, I have like a really strong memory that she like died in a fire, like a house fire. Oh. But I'm like, well, that's because you're dark as fuck. <laughs> I know. I was like, um, an auto accident would have been a lot more normal. I was like, why do I remember it like that? Uh, but anyway, the series did survive the departure of its main main star and continued to run for three more seasons. So, which is funny because you know sometimes this does happen i was thinking about it like charlie sheen right like left like yeah. two and a half men yeah, yeah. like the roseanne you know and the, the reboot left after a and season and it's now like the connor family uh three's company what was that change of casting well again? suzanne summers left after, oh right 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 two right. or three years of her contract dispute she she was like i'm the star and i need this much money and they were like right you know, yeah and they replaced yeah. her and they replaced her twice and both of those replacements had at least two huh. seasons they were wow. both they both ended yeah, up yeah, being yeah. pretty successful you know i mean the moral of the story is Everyone is replaceable. It's a sad <laughs> truth, ladies and gentlemen, and every human that's listening to this right now. It is a sad truth. But I mean, I'm like, I mean, I'm actually joking, but uh, yeah, well, on some level, it's true. On some level, unfortunately, you're not. Oh my goodness. Um. So, fun fact. Also, uh, in the in the TV part of her resume, shortly after the premiere of her 1971 CBS sitcom Funny Face. Duncan underwent surgery to remove a benign brain tumor behind her left optic nerve. As a result, she lost vision in the eye, but it was not replaced with a prosthetic eye, as some urban myths claim. She lost vision in her left eye, but because the eye still tracked with her right eye, Duncan and her doctors elected to leave her natural eye in place. Though Duncan's recovery from the operation was rapid, CBS suspended production of the show until the following year. Ultimately, Duncan received a nomination for an Emmy Award for continued or outstanding continued performance by an actress in a leading role in a comedy series so look at that very inspiring story do not let a do not let a wonky eye get you down you may even get an emmy nomination i mean she didn't win but she got an emmy nomination um do you remember this (laughs) (laughs) i told you i told you i'm really nasty about the whale drilling right now so i actually remember this i read this and i was like oh my god deep in my like my my memory bank i remember this like urban legend that sandy duncan had a glass eye i remember I this as I a do. kid i'm pretty sure and like i, do. I was laughing because like back then you couldn't google this shit like you no. just like took it to be true and then i was like what else from that era and then i was thinking like oh remember like marky marky mark's third nipple of course remember that? i remember marky mark although third i was just nipple, looking that up and real. apparently that's actually true oh absolutely. like as recent as 2017 i saw that he and will ferrell were on good morning britain 
promoting some film called Daddy's Home 2. And, uh, and he confirmed that he did, in fact, have a third nipple, that it was, in fact, a third nipple. I certainly uh, yeah. hope that Daddy's Home 2 is making the porn circuit right now. <laughs> I know. Like, I there has like, to be a cocky boy's parody or something. Extremely raunchy. But um, apparently a third nipple is not that uncommon. No. Yeah. That that did seem to be the case because it listed off some. I should have written them down, but listed off some other folks that are rocking a third nipple. Um, yeah. So what, I another. Wonder, I wonder if there's anybody <laughs> who has like a third nipple fetish. Like that's the oh, only I mean, thing. Yeah. That gets done. them off is a done. third. There is nipple. somebody out there that is into everything. Uh, I mean, there. Do you know how many like humans are on the planet? That's so, true. That's yeah. a very. That's a. That's a good point. Just, yeah. just um, statistically speaking, statistically, we are find some third it's like, is there life? Is there other life in the universe? Yes, statistically <laughs> speaking, it's like there is a third nipple <laughs> fetishist out there for sure. Um, another TV thing. Did you know that Sandy Duncan was in Roots? No. No. Apparently, for her performance as Missy Ann Reynolds, she earned another Emmy nomination. Like, look at Sandy Duncan. She's not fucking around. Is she still alive? Yes. How old is yeah. she? Uh, mm, I didn't put down her birth date, but uh, I will say the only personal life tidbit I put down is that since July of 1980, she's been married. Uh, it was her third marriage, uh, and they have two sons, and she and her husband live in New York City, which excited me. Like, there is a prospect that we could, like, run into Sandy Duncan at Dwayne Reed or something. Oh, my God. We have to find out where she lives. And once things, like, are really yeah. moving again, we have to we have to see Sandy Duncan. Yeah. I think I also I saw that, like, one of her marriages ended because, you know, he couldn't deal with her fame and, like, and, like, she wanted to go on the road to do her, like, cabaret and stuff. I was like, I love me some Sandy Duncan. I'm like, just I remember love. I remember loving mm-hmm. her as a kid. Yeah. And she did musical theater. So the last couple of things I'm, I'm going to say is in 1976, she played the title role in a TV musical adaption of Pinocchio, which featured Danny Kaye and Philip Wilson. When the spotlight starts and glowing, I feel excitement quickly growing. I don't know if my thrill is showing or Uh, and she was nominated for a Tony Award three times in 1969 for Featured Actress in Canterbury Tales, in 1971 as Best Actress in The Boyfriend, and in 1980 as Best Actress in Peter Pan. Which yeah. is where it all began. That's how we started talking yeah. about Sandy Duncan. It is. It just wow. in terms of me being she a horrible... She has a huge career. She does. I mean, and that was like, whoever did the Wikipedia on her is like, a super fan right because right. it's like it's there's a lot that's like definitely a highlights she has like a main gay that is like just really like amping up her wikipedia every um, diva needs a main gay well she's got one uh but no i'm i'm a fan i'm a fan uh the, but the last thing i wanted to say you know um is that social media is unforgiving unforgiving because right when Hurricane Sandy was forming in the Atlantic and starting to make news, I made some dumb joke on Facebook, um, basically branding it as Hurricane Sandy Duncan. And I put up some like cheesy 80s headshot of her, which, you know, I still stand by that as funny. But of course, a couple of days later, I was like, whoops. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, and that's there. Did forever. people attack you? No, they. I mean, I mean, what? It's like people listening to this podcast. Right. Like a couple dozen people probably saw it, but you know, it does make me think that you know, in the unlikely event we ever write something that makes us famous, you know, people. Lo- There's nothing people love to do more than like troll through somebody's social media post from 15 years ago and cancel nothing. them. So, nothing. so you know what's going to bring us down? Hurricane Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like actually I think they'll find some more interesting tidbits than that uh, um, <laughs> alright that's my bringing Sandy us down. Thing. speaking of bringing us down mm. have a, one quick serious moment as you know I have been uh, I'm on this little path and uh, this oh. new little path and studying psychology and yep, getting yep, ready yep. to enter into a master's program. And I wanted to take an opportunity to enlighten our listeners as I was recently enlightened. Um, I think in, I don't even actually remember when we said this, but we said something about someone committing suicide. Oh God. And in my we did? app. Yeah, we did. Or one of somebody said it. I don't remember who was it, it was. Were we talking about Le Miz and Javert's suicide? I don't remember. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what okay. it was. <laughs> but in my um, abnormal psych class this past semester, I learned from this guest lecturer who works with LGBTQ plus mostly young people mm. with suicidal ideation. That's what you say about people who have attempted or, or have or uh, thoughts, like, yep. uh, you know, obsessive thoughts about suicide. It is considered improper to say committed suicide as it originated from when it was a crime to kill oneself. It was an act against the monarchy. So since that is clearly Hmm. no longer the case, we don't have a king in this country anyway, at least most people don't think so. You say more respectfully took his or her life, took their life. This displays Hmm. a higher level of sensitivity to the deceased and their family Mm-hmm. There you go. Just wanted to let sense. you know that, just in case. Yeah. I It was something that I just learned, so I felt like maybe I should pass it on. Mm. Um, okay, I only have one more before we jump okay. into our, our big musical. And this is kind of like no, a teaser. No, I have, I have one other. Oh, have well, then you other. go. Well, then, okay. Oh, okay. I'm going to bat it back okay. to you. Okay, okay. So uh, I believe this topic came up when we were uh, pitching busy uh, on musicalizing pitching. some real-life stories. Um, I think it was when I was talking about that old musical show, Rags to Riches, that somehow Cop Rock oh, came up. yes. So Cop yes. Rock is a thing that happened. Cop Rock was an in American police procedural musical television series that first aired on ABC in 1990. The mixture of musical performances with comedy and serious drama was a critical and commercial failure when it originally aired. (laughs) TV Guide magazine ranked it number eight on its list of the 50 worst TV shows of all time list and dubbed it the single most bizarre TV musical of all time. The series centered on the LAPD and featured an ensemble cast that mixed musical numbers and choreography throughout storylines. For example, a courtroom scene in the pilot episode had the jury break into the song He's Guilty, Gospel Style. Episode 2 had a lineup of suspects proclaim in song We're the local color with the copper toned skin and you treat us like we're guilty of some terrible sin. Um, The series final episode which aired on December 26, 1990 concluded with the cast breaking character and joining crew members and performing a closing song. The theories... Uh, excuse me, the series theme song, quote, Under the Gun, was written by Randy Newman, who also performed oh it in the God. series title sequence, music video style, and a recording studio. Incidentally, I watched it, and it's like as exhausting as you can imagine, this Randy Newman opening sequence. 
The series has been rebroadcast in later years, with VH1 and A&E airing it on separate occasions later in the 1990s in Trio in the 2000s. I'd never heard of Trio. Never heard of it. Um, how do I see it now, you might ask? Well, for about $45, you can buy it on DVD from a third-party seller on Amazon and probably get your identity stolen. But yes, I have a link, which I would be wow. happy to share. Uh, otherwise, as always, you can hop on over to YouTube, where I found a treasure trove of songs last evening <clears throat> excuse me i went down the rabbit hole and watched a few he's guilty which was the aforementioned jury gospel number uh well i just realized a little parallel in our episode about bjork when they break into song <laughs> yes. in, the, in the middle of the courtroom anyway do you think uh, that's she, where that's where bjork <laughs> that was the she yeah, used to be obsessed with orange, cop rock uh, cop rock i would love that <laughs> i would love that for her um the, uh, another song called choose me baby this is a really vampy song um <clears throat> and one of the youtube commenters described the sound best as uh Sounds like the way you make me feel mixed with Black Velvet. Do you remember Black of Velvet course. by Alana Miles? Yes. Black Velvet. Um, another commenter wrote, quote, this actually slaps. And you know what? I'm inclined to agree with that commenter. It totally fucking slaps. I was like, this is, this is kind of a good song. Choose me, baby. Um, that was a good one. Uh, let me just do one more. Uh, there's a song called You Lied. And I doubt this is an, is an accurate description of the plot of the episode. But in the YouTube clip description, it says, quote, Woman who just sold her baby on the black market for $200 gets self-righteous at a cop for lying. I'm alone, all by myself, and no one gives a damn. Hey, why do they let you come so This is kind of like a pop power ballad. It's sung by actress Kathleen Wilhoyt. I'm probably butchering her name. The actress looks super familiar to me, though, and I looked her up, and she's been in a lot of things. But what I know her from, and this keeps coming up on this podcast, was Gilmore Girls. She had a recurring role as Liz Danes, the sister of Lorelai's main love interest, Luke, who's the local diner owner. Um, There's also a supercut of every single song from the series in sequential order, all available via a single link. If you search cop rock supercut it comes right up so do yourself a favor if you don't believe us and actually want to subject yourself to this oh my god that th- thank you for that i can't wait i f- totally Check forgot out the we talked about that 
check out the supercut. Do yourself a favor. <laughs> Maybe don't be sober. Uh, well, <laughs> but, but... <laughs> obviously, obviously. Uh, so did you say you had oh one more? Oh my God. Okay. I have one more. I have one more, okay. which is about Starlight Express. Cause we talked Ooh. about Starlight Express. So this is kind of a teaser. Starlight Express, um, Starlight Express. I don't know anything about Starlight Express. I don't think I've ever even heard a song from I Starlight mean, Express. I mean, I listened to the score like once. It was like one and done. But, but in 1983, the first act of Starlight Express was workshopped by Nunn and Phillips. I'm assuming mm. that those are people that are were involved in something yeah trevor nunn probably yeah okay. and phil who's phillips though i don't, I don't know i'm not sure anyway with a cast that included the comedian tracy ullman which i thought was very oh, fascinating i was like what yeah. i know that's fucking random um so this is what i was referring to the the theater it's the starlight express theater it was oh, built in Bochum, germany um it opened Starlight Express on June 12th of 1988, and as of 2020, the production was still running and had been seen by more than 17 million people. What? What is the capacity of this place? I mean, I think it's pretty sizable. It's at least like, you know, the, the, the there are theaters in Germany in the middle of fucking nowhere. And like Blue Man played at one in Oberhausen, which was basically yeah. next to a massive mall in an industrial, like, like just like landscape, no real city. And it was a huge theater. It was like 1500 seats. So wow. I have a feeling that this theater is big, although I don't know exactly. I, I then I mentioned in May of 28, the Bokum production closed for a month to rehearse the new material and for significant technical updates to the 30-year-old auditorium, Lloyd mm. Weber, Phillips, and original designer John Napier returned to oversee the changes, which Lloyd now considers the definitive version. <laughs> well, um, in that case, I'm I, booking a flight. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So we're going to be lucky <laughs> enough to talk to... My friend Hans, who we referred to, who I mentioned, I think in the la in like a couple episodes ago, episodes ago with Mary Johnson Rutherford, um, she actually met him at Kumpelnest that night. He wrote me and, and said, "I think I was there." And Are I was you like, serious? Yes, yes. Oh my god, that is um, amazing. So he worked on this on this yeah. uh, upgrade um, in a major capacity. So we're gonna have we're gonna get oh some scoop um, from like Hans very Christmas soon. Morning excited. Coming Christmas soon, excited. and that. My friends, is our rewinds. Okay, rewind. So this is a a, a bit of a unique episode because Ooh. we are only going to talk about one musical, and we both know in advance what musical it is. Shaking things up here. Our friend Mac, who we have worked with um, in several capacities over the years, and who I went to school with twice in Kansas and in Ohio, sent me a text and said, when are you going to talk about what a horrible musical Grease <laughs> is? Uh, 
and uh, and we, I mean, how did how did we miss how do we miss Greece? Well, it's been on my now. it's actually been yeah. on my list. Oh, has it? It okay. has. It has been on my list. But I what I had been avoiding, as you know, I had been trying to be a purist and only talk about stage musicals right, and talk right, about right. the stage musicals and but, and quite frankly. I wanted to talk about this in the More love in the category, and that was really the film and not the stage musical. So it's Cause interesting because like... it's kind of a love and hate. I have a love mm-hmm. and a hate for it. I mean, I agree. Then that's probably why I, I didn't talk about it yet either, is because I have this show was like completely hit or miss for me. Like hit or miss. Okay, so the year is 1978. I am seven mm-hmm. years old setting in this dark theater between my mother and sister in Guymon, Oklahoma. It's now pouring out, by the way, in case you can hear that. There's a storm. Oh, no. It's Just really like... raining. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds like the whale my, has Michael... stopped. Michael's, oh no, the whale's still going strong. Really? Uh, M- oh, Michael's maybe I've just gotten de- used to it. Michael's definitely going to quit after this episode, <laughs> just FYI. Um, He's going to be like, I've so, got better things to do, yeah, actually. I really don't have time. Um, okay. So, uh, 1978, you're so in the theater I'm in, in, I'm in Guymon, Guymon, Oklahoma. Like, so, as in, like, uh, rhymes with hymen? Yes, like, exactly. Okay. So, we would, it was a little under an hour drive to go there, and it was, we would, it was a special occasion, because the theater mm. there was so nice, it was a really fucking great theater, it was not like this standard sort of box that theater that was in liberal Kansas. So it was, it was, it was, it was, like I said, it was a treat. I had my popcorn and my candy and my soda and I was ready to be entertained. I was not ready for the wash and range of emotions that I experienced in the beginning. I remember being confused because there was this song and there was a cartoon and I didn't think this was a cartoon. I was going to actually say just to quickly interject, I had the same experience, which is for me though, it was like, they were like replaying it on TV or something. And it was like, maybe my mother talked about it or friends. And I, but I actually thought it was like a thing from the 1950s, the way that people were talking about it. And all of a sudden the movie started and it's like this weird cartoon and a title song written by Barry Gibb yes! and performed by Frankie Valley, and I was like what the fuck does this have to do with the 50s and, you know and then it like actually starts and I was like oh it's this like nostalgic throwback pastiche type thing but yeah I, I had the same like what the fuck <laughs> initial reaction it, it's such a strange I mean I I remember it so clearly. Like mm-hmm. it kind of, it's kind of the, a little bit of a precursor to remember when I talked about Porky's, like seeing Porky's when I was like twelve. <laughs> yes, which incidentally yeah. I finally have seen, and it's yeah. great. I loved it. So it was I mean, like so horribly, so horribly on PC. So horribly on PC, <laughs> but so good, so good. Yeah. And um, and some really hot, hot guys in that in that movie. Mm, so and lie. and and then. So was fucking John Travolta, and so were you know several of yeah. the other guys on screen um, in Greece, and mm-hmm. you know Greece Lightning um, was uh, so the the thing that I remember the most about it, other than the cartoon, and then it realizing that that wasn't what it was, was uh, the scene at the drive-in. Do you remember when they're making out and Sandy is like, "Oh no, oh no, I can't, I can't," oh, and, yeah, yeah, and he yeah, kind yeah. of leans against the door and she slams the door against mm-hmm. his heart on. And I didn't understand that at the time. I didn't know what had happened. And like I, I became things. really focused on it. And so after the movie, I kept asking my mother, like, what, what? I don't get it. I don't understand. Because she was like trying oh to shush God. me during the yeah. film when I didn't understand. And of course, because she was my mother, she, she, she really didn't completely answer the question. Um, so I, I, I remained, and I was seven, you know, I was seven years old yeah. when I saw this. Yeah. Um, 
But when, when Olivia Newton-John came out at the end of the film, they, that's the other thing I remember, mm. and said, tell me about it, stud. My, mm-hmm. I mean, I was so entranced with her. Tell me about it, stud. And I was, I became a massive Olivia Newton-John fan. I was obsessed with Olivia Newton-John. Um, and Grease oh. really infected my childhood from then on. I got the double LP. In- infected or affected? Infected. Infected oh. my youth. Like I. That's what I, I thought you said, infected. It, I know that was an interesting it, verb. It was, I mean, I listened to that, that album, which I still have, that original album from mm-hmm. when I was like eight years old, seven or eight years old when I got it. Um, oh, wow. And I would listen to that thing, and I would do the hand jive, and I would yeah. do you all the parts want... and the grease <laughs> light. You know, I it was just like it was such a part of my probably like yeah seven, eight, even nine year old self that it's it's hard. It was it was weird. Well, tell me about your movie experience. My movie experience, yeah. I mean, it was mostly the what the fuck at the beginning, and but yeah, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the film. Um, I will say, yeah, the ending of the film is like big check mark. Love it. Like that whole, like you said, the tell me about it stud, and uh, you're the one that I want is like a great song. And the fact that it ends like in such an absurdist fashion with them like in the car, just like like inexplicably just like takes off and it's just like a great it's like so absurd that i like love it okay um whereas the ending of the actually i don't know if the original stage music landed this way but the revival which i'll talk about in a hot in a hot second uh it ends with more of like a mega mix like a joseph style like mega mix basically Uh, and i'm like no i want you're the one that i want yes i have to interrupt because of what you mentioned the ending Mm-hmm. I, I, I told you that I went down the IMD, IMDB trivia rabbit hole with this, and I oh. don't know if you ever do that, but it's so fun. But listen to this shit. In the decades following the movie's release, a theory circulated that Sandy actually drowned at the beach, and the rest of this movie is a near-death hallucination. Theorists claim the famous flyaway ending in the vehicle yeah. is Sandy's ascent to heaven. <laughs> Um, that's pretty high concept. I'm reasonably sure that Grace the movie did not go there. (laughs) I mean, I think they were just looking for, uh, you know, a dramatical ending. It was certainly Uh, dramatical. Off into the sunset moment. It was certainly dramatical. And absurd. Um, yeah. Okay. So do you have more to say? Because I have my, my second story about Grace. Uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about the revival, mostly the recording. So do you, do you want me to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Sure. So yeah, so it's mostly, mostly I knew Grease from the movie. Like, I don't even think I knew it was originally a stage musical when I first saw the movie. And I did like, gr- yeah, gradually, sure. like, I became aware of it. But like, I don't know. I, it wasn't, I, I mean, it must have never been done, like, regionally or anything, because I didn't really have any awareness of it 
like more awareness of it until that 1994 revival that we've been talking about here and there, particularly this season. Um, so in preparation for today, I went back and I listened to that recording, like beginning to finish. Um, and it occurred to me as I was listening to that, like, wow, I actually listened to this quite a bit. Like this particular recording, this recording. Yeah. Like when it first came out, and I should say, like, certain tracks, because like I said at the beginning, it was, like, very hit or miss for me. So the hits, in terms of the recording, at least for me, that recording, um, I really like those magic changes. I love that. Uh, love he that song. Great, In the musical, it's sung by the character Duty to show off his new guitar. And it's the actor Sam Harris in the recording, and he's great. In the movie, it's sung by the band Sha Na Na, and the song is playing in the background during the dance contest. Uh, but since Duty is just learning the guitar, that's why like the teens all jump in with the backing vocals, where they're like C C C C C C A A A A minor F F F F F F G G G G seven, because that's like he's like you know trying to plunk his way through the chords at the beginning. So love that, love that song, and it's like vocal gymnastics. I like in this recording, the song, Since I Don't Have You. And when I went down, I was like, let me research this song some more. Cause I'm like, I know this is definitely not from the movie, but I looked it's, it up and it was a, Greece. yeah, it was a 1958 hit single for the doo-wop group, the Skyliners it has nothing to do with the original stage musical or the movie. And was seemingly just plopped into this revival, but the actress, Susan Wood, she really nails it and she sounds great. And I just love it. Um, of course we go together. I mean, that shit is just, like, good pop music. It's it, catchy. It's an earworm. And, of course, there's the spoken... It's nonsense. It's nonsense. It's the spoken so word breakdown is, like... Rama lama lama kadingy ding ding dong shoop up shoop up about a yippity boom de boom chang chang changity chang shoop up dip de dip do up do up de dip de boogie 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 shoop de up shoop up shan na 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 yippity dip de do wap ba 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 wap ba ba which I mean, is the like, only thing on. that I feel like had existed before that song a wap ba 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 wap ba 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 boom what do you yeah. mean that existed before that I song? I mean, I feel like that was like a like a big bopper sort of thing. I think. Oh yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that phrase yeah. was said before. But gotcha, like, most gotcha, of that gotcha. shit feels like that was nonsense. written for this yeah, yeah. show, which I yeah, love yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, I do love that. Like, I was like, I want more of that. I want all of that. When we go out at night, Another one that's a hit 
for me is beauty school dropout. I had oh. completely forgotten that this was Billy Porter. I normally actually can't stand this song in the movie. It's like Frankie Avalon, right? Yep. Uh, yep. But Billy makes it a showstopper, like, you know, as in like Alex Newell doing Mama Will Provide and yeah. What's on This Island. Uh, it's There's like this whole extended gospel outro where he's doing just like effortless vocal gymnastics. And for a second, you like forget you're listening to a, a revival of a trashy musical. But no, I was listening to it like, okay, this is like transcending this being in Greece. Like it is so fucking good. So if you listen to only one song from this particular recording, like listen to Beauty School Dropout. This is for me. You mentioned Greased Lightning. This song is immensely triggering to me. I like found it annoying to begin with just because it's cheesy and exhausting and I don't like give a shit about cars. But then like it sort of veered into hate when I was forced to perform it for a solid year in high school show choir as a boys number. I still remember like the cheap and lazy choreography, which I think I thought that the director just made it up, but I looked when I was watching the the movie clip again, it was like completely directed or lifted from the movie where it's like right arm out with jazz hands bring it in slowly up and to the side now to the left with the jazz hand like it's just like really really that's the best you could come up with um the other big miss is i feel like we need to talk about rosie o'donnell as rizzo i mean I forced myself to listen to all of the Rizzo material, and while listening, I was thinking to myself, like, hmm, if I had kids and I'd explain this situation to them, like, what would I say? So I was, like, imagining my my precocious singer daughter being like, Daddy, why is that woman singing with no vibrato and clipping the ends of all of her phrases and really just driving a Mack truck through the score? And I'm like... Well, Susie, in the mid-90s, there was a talk show called Rosie, the Rosie O'Donnell Show. A lot of Karens from the Midwest were very into this show, and Rosie loved Broadway musicals. <laughs> and where money meets enthusiasm, there's opportunity. Um, so, oh, so I'm really just true. being nasty because it's fun. It's but so and obviously, true. I really do appreciate Rosie on so many levels. Yes. Like she's a huge yes. cheerleader for Broadway. Her contributions to gay rights. I mean, when she came out, she like came out yes, yes, and was yes. like, "I'm living my life. Go, go fuck yourself if you don't like it." Uh, also, she went to bat against what would ultimately be 45 back in 2006 uh, when she was on The View, which was like yep. 10 years before shit really hit the fan. So anyway. I'm, I'm I'm mostly you know being uh, tongue in cheek, but I, I'm not so sure about the choice. Well, to, uh, the thing that sucks so much <laughs> is that I really would say that there are worse things I could do. Is fucking brilliant. You didn't mention it, but it is just such a yeah. fucking brilliant like two and a half minute moment oh, yeah. in a character's it's a great song. life. It's a and great s- fucking lyric. Stockard's not really a singer, but she muscled she, her way through it. But she can, yeah. She's yeah. also, well, she Rosie isn't way. really an actor either. Right. So, you know, that's like the thing. She's a personality. Like she, yeah, and, whereas like, at least she could like act her way through it, Stockard, because yeah. she's a fucking amazing actor. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so yeah, I, um, but the, wait, are there other misses? Because no. there is one. 
What? No, that's that's. I mean, there's. I mean, there's a lot of misses, but I mean, that's but there's like, one I mean, other major miss. Oh well, what is that? I'm sure I hate it too. All choked up. It's the oh, finale God. number, which thank God in heaven yes, they yes, replaced yes. in the film with "You're the One That I Want" because it yes, because it's the same, isn't it? Tell me about it, stud. It's the same. It's like, the same moment. Inter- moment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Then, no. When I was listening, it's part of that whole mega mix, and I was listening to it, and I was like. Oh my god! I completely forgot about this. Yeah, the mu- I mean, you know, the thing about the uh, so I learned it's a few like things. it's like bad Elvis, right? It's bad Elvis, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm all choked up. Well, there's a fire alarm wailing in my head, and my circulation cries condition red. I'm in a cold sweat. My t-shirt's all wet. Uh-huh, I'm all choked up Oh, baby, 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 take my heart Before it breaks My knees are weak And my backbone breaks My hands are colder than ice It's exact. That is exactly what it is. I mean, every... Mm. And, you know, it's funny because as I was listening, I told you I listened to like three different... I also listened to the 2007 revival, which I think is the one oh, okay. where they found Danny and Sandy on a, a reality, sort of reality show. show. And yep, yep, it yep. was a pretty good recording overall. It wasn't like, you know, monumental, but the fact that they kept, um, that now most companies will do You're the One That I Want and will do Sandy and will do Hopelessly Devoted to You. Well, it's such um, a stronger. It's, yeah. it, it, and, and to think that that guy, uh, who his name is, I think, Jay Farrar, wrote okay. those songs completely independent of the original creative team and they just fit so well and really enriched hmm. the project. I was thinking about like, what if someone said like, write us a new finale for this musical? Like what hmm. the, I think that would be such a weird, I mean, that maybe would it would weird. be, maybe it would be amazing, but it seems like just such a, hmm. such a weird exercise. Um, so for those people who don't know, this musical is from 1971, which is the year of my birth. So it just turned 50. Music, lyrics, and book were written by Jim Jacobs and Warren Casey. It's named after the 1950s United States working-class youth subculture known as Greasers. And the musical is set in 1959 at fictional Rydell High School, based on William Howard Taft School in Chicago, which Mm. was named after Bobby Rydell. Yes. Okay. Um... I did not know this. Grease was first performed in 71 at the, in the original Kingston Mines nightclub in Chicago. Unfortunately, that has since been demolished. From there, it has been successful on both stage and screen, but the content has been diluted, and its teenage characters have become less Chicago habitues. <laughs> I wish I had... What? <laughs> That's in Wikipedia. I don't know what to say. Okay. Um, the characters' so <laughs> Polish-American backgrounds in particular yeah. are ignored, with last names often changed, although two Italian-American characters are left in identifiably ethnic, and they are they have become more generic. That's the point of that thing. Um, okay. At the time that it closed in 1980 on Broadway, Greece's 3,388 performance run was the longest yet in Broadway history although it was surpassed by a chorus line in 83. Um, It also, this is fucking insane. I don't know if you looked this shit up, but Mm -mm. apparently the British love Greece. It went to the West End in 73, one year after Broadway. 
It had a revival in 79, a revival in 93, a revival in 2001, and again in 2002, and again in 2007, and then went on tour in 2017. Jesus. I mean, I could see that. I mean, it's tuneful. It's kind of campy. I mean, the British kind of like some trashy music. Well, and it's making, and it's kind of like, right, it'd be making fun of Americans. Basically, yeah. Ultimately, (laughs) that would be enough to keep them going. Yeah. I mean, they 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 had the bodyguard the musical over there and like eat that shit up. I mean, that's true, that's true. <laughs> they did for quite a while. I think that was yeah. A, I think that was a hit. I mean, not to say that I wouldn't go see the bodyguard the musical because I would. But, of course, you know. of course. Um, and I. So it opened on Broadway in '72. As we as we the recording you were just talking about, there was a 1994 Broadway revival followed mm-hmm. by the U.S. tour, which we also have referenced because oh, multiple was times because yes. of Sally Struthers, Sally Struthers, which I won't, right, 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 I, won't right. I won't let that die. Right, okay. Also, Gil, also Gilmore Girls reference. Okay, I want to make then, sure I talk about Sally Struthers in uh, Gilmore Girls in every episode. And then in 2007, there was a Broadway revival followed by a 2008 U.S. tour. I didn't go hmm. into all of the details about whether, all, you know, how many cast members from that thing went on the tour, but the you tour know what? happened. So we don't whatever. really care. We don't really care. We don't really now, care. This is possibly shocking to you. The original oh. Broadway production, uh, talking about awards, it was nominated for seven Tonys, including Best Musical and Best Book of a Musical. It won. Hmm nothing hmm. when you think I'm of not the like... musicals that are that have won shit that are yeah. far less popular interesting fun than this it's it kind of shocked me i was like i can't believe it is it literally has won nothing it so did you're going win. on record to say that you think greece should have gotten like a best musical of the year absolutely Yes, I, even with those stinkers, even with all choked up, and <laughs> there are what? there is. You probably don't have this in front of you, but what was it against? Oh, I need to. You know what? I meant to. Do Damn that. it! I need to. I need to know. Um, so it did win two Drama Desk awards for outstanding okay. choreography and costume design. The nineteen ninety four revival. Did it win for like laziest choreography? No. I don't think that's per a my grease stre- but they, they need to they really need to do a Razzies for uh, the Tonys but that that would oh uh, but it, it would be too mean people wouldn't like it would it. be people too mean like you're it. right the, theater people no, theater people wouldn't like it <laughs> they um, wouldn't like it so the 1994 revival <clears throat> received three Tony nominations and also no wins um, which would also be interesting to see what Theme. it was up against for best revival like what the yeah. fuck could have taken that yeah that award. Right? You would have think. Because um, I think it was thunk. very successful. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Commercial. As far as the film goes, there were five Golden Globe nominations and no wins. <laughs> Not even a fucking win at the Globes, for fuck's sake. Well, I think just everybody just takes for granted Grace. You know, I think it's like you're part right. of the, it's part of like, you know. It's like one of those coming of it. It's like the sound of music. It's like everybody knows fucking Grease. You know, there's something about it that's like a little basic. Like, it's not going to be like winning any awards, but yeah. And then finally, there was one Oscar nomination for original song because, Mm. as we know, there has to be new material, which is why Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote You Must Love Me for Evita. You must love me. 
There were three (laughs) original songs added to Greece, including uh, You're the One That I Want, Sandy, and Hopelessly Devoted to You. And the Mm. latter was nominated for an Oscar, but it did not win. (laughs) So there you go. That is a hate crime against Olivia Newton-John. Seriously. I I I wonder if she sang... I bet she did. Hopelessly. You mean at the actual yeah, the Oscars. Oscars? Oh, I'm sure. Hopelessly. Um, you're going to have to talk for a minute. To you. Because what? you're going to have to I talk. I have nothing. You have to. Have you nothing. have to. Because I have to I have to pee. Oh, okay. He's like, copy paste these Wikipedia articles and it doesn't even like read anything ahead of time. What? Uh, oh, what? so you're, oh, you're back. Who are you talking um, to? Myself. Oh. Me, myself and I. Okay, <clears throat> so I want to talk about um, yeah. I want to talk about the second significance Greece had in my life because I was cast my freshman year, uh, first semester at Kansas mm. State University as one of the Burger Palace boys. Oh, I thought you were going to say you were like Sunny. duty or something impressive. Well, I mean, I was always like you know third third chorus boy from the love so it's no, not like but i, can I was one of the five for fuck's sake like oh, i didn't okay. i didn't have a song though i didn't have a seems song. like i t- touched a nerve there it was a big deal i was a freshman i was the only freshman yeah. burger palace boy no that's it's very impressive but notice that even that like mm. the t-birds were the name of the group in the film Oh. The Burger Palace Boys. I remember when I got the script and I realized all of the things that the film had changed to make it cooler. And that was one mm-hmm. of them. But that was what, yeah, that's, that's, that's when I realized um, uh, the, the musical was so much lamer than the film. But mm. I met my first boyfriend who played the teen angel in a pink tux oh. and flew above the stage. Uh, oh, that's it pretty was cool. pretty fucking awesome. I met one of my best friends, Scott McLean, who I mentioned on this podcast nearly every episode. Um, I forced several Saturday morning dance calls because I could not get the grease lightning moves down to save my fucking life. Oh my God. Are you serious? After yeah. I was just like, this is the easiest but choreography. Let me tell ever. you, this was not the easy choreography from the <laughs> oh, film. Okay. This was like double barrel turns and up oh, and God. down off the floor. We had a, the, the head of the dance program was the yeah, director yeah, yeah. and choreographer of this musical. I see. And he was, I mean, he's an amazing human being and an amazing yeah. artist, but he was not, he was taking that shit seriously. Why could be Grease Lightning? Grease Lightning! We'll get some overhead lifters and four bell quads, oh yeah. Keep talking, won't keep talking. Fuel injection cut off and chrome bladed rods, oh yeah. Fucking, I mean, not for a boy's number. I mean, at least our was, director knew what's up. You know, there's some mixed uh, skills in terms of dancing among the... Uh, for Luke, it was, yeah. this is what you do if you want to do it. He thought we were in fame. He didn't realize sure. we were <laughs> in Kansas. So, um, 
it's also like, it really, uh, you know, it, I think about like, what if I hadn't been cast that semester? Because it did really change my life. Like I really sure. became a part of the theater department. In terms of the people you friends, met and this, the community. Oh, mm-hmm. I mean, just like, just, just crazy. And we all would just go out and I had a fake ID and, oh. and my, this, this one friend of mine, Sherry would put Vaseline on the back of her, um, uh, hand so that when Wait, when when the bouncer marked it with a giant yeah. sharpie oh, X, yeah, she, it could, could, take she it off. could rub it off and still order I thought, booze. I thought because she like got in fights or something. <laughs> like, that would be a good. Like, that would be a great reason, but no, that was like. The where reason. are you going with this? Uh, well, that's ingenious. And I remember every night when we were rehearsing and or performing when that fucking all choked up song came on, just being Ugh. just being so disappointed pointed that mm. that was how the show ends okay that's all mm. i have to say um well i mean uh, i have i have a shit wait time. how do we how did like neither of us say anything about those summer nights i mean what can you say it's a perfect you can't it's a perfect group it is but dual. like has there ever been a more overdone karaoke song no, no. And the thing is, is that people underestimate how difficult it is pitch-wise. <laughs> they always do. Everybody thinks they can sing that song. Everyone thinks they can sing it, and it's actually it is not like... that easy. He got friendly holding my hand Well, she got friendly down in the sand He was sweet just under tea Well, she was good, you know what I is like the false confidence like duet yes like, everyone's yes. like oh that's yes. easy that's from greece and yes. then you're like oh my god like yeah. i need this to end yeah um i haven't but i i did have a question have you ever seen greece too no i haven't seen greece too mm. you may need to schedule a movie night because i have only seen it once and it was like eons ago when i was like in high school and like like worked a summer job like working the concession stand at like a public pool and like i remember that the uh like so one of the lifeguards or something was like super into greece too and was like well, everybody come over and watch greece too and so we did and i don't remember anything literally don't remember anything about it so um i can tell you like one thing <laughs> about it which is that a 19 it was a 1982 film sequel it included mm-hmm. only a few supporting characters from the film and music and the musical had no involvement from Jacobs or Casey. Jacobs has gone on record to voice his disapproval. But who is in Greece it though? Too. Michelle Pfeiffer was in I it. I was going to say, um, I was literally like, was there some and, random oh, like well known actress? Like, no, not Holden Caulfield. That's the character from Catcher in the Rye. Max <laughs> Maxwell. Max Maxwell? Yeah. Maxwell Caulfield or something. No like idea, that. but it was Michelle Pfeiffer that I was trying to. I literally just saw his name to. like 35 times yesterday, so I should remember that. But um, Can Michelle Pfeiffer sing? Nobody knows. She, she we said that about Julianne Moore. Um, you, did, you said yeah. that about Julianne Moore. Um, no, you did. Really? Yeah, because uh, I was like, that was actually funny. That, <clears throat> you're such an um, asshole. I, I, have you since watched the uh, the like full length preview for uh, for Dear Evan Hansen of the course, film? Of course. Yes. Yes. She did. She doesn't sing in that preview. She certainly doesn't. <laughs> and yes, Ben Platt looks like he's 28, and probably oh, he truly like, does. Like an and IT. I'm like, Tech and I'm like, why is, I why still is, wept 
Well, oh, of I, course. I, I wept the whole time. I literally I wept like, like from the I moment like, it started. I, yes, I was verklempt, even though I was like, number one, he looks like 30 and what's going on with his hair. And I was like, number two, like, why is Amy Adams the other mother? There's like a, like, I swear to God, there's like a 20 year age gap, right? Between like her and Julianne Moore. I was I, like, this is some Hollywood bullshit. Here. Yeah. I actually thought when I saw Amy Adams that yeah. we had all misread and that it was Amy Adams and not Julianne Moore. And then when I oh. saw, also saw Julianne Moore, I was like, fucking hell, seriously, yeah. both of these people That's can ridiculous. sing. I don't believe it. That's ridiculous. But the daughter, the actress who plays oh, her, I, I love, love her. her. Yeah, she's amazing. So like, I hope she can uh, sing. I hope so too, because I'm like, I'm totally gonna go. Can see you this, imagine like, if we her. go see this and literally the only person that can <laughs> sing ben in the film Platt. is Ben Platt? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I wanted to make myself look even better. <laughs> like it's that reason. <laughs> um, um, yeah, okay. I don't know. I, I digress. Have a, I have a few, um, a few fun facts. Uh, the original Broadway production opened at the Eden Theater on February 14th, 1972. I think I mentioned this before, but ran for 3,388 performances, setting a record. Adrian Barbeau and Barry Bostwick were in the original cast. John Travolta appeared at some time as a replacement on Broadway in the role of duty. You didn't say that. You didn't say that Anne Ranking was in it too. What? I'm totally joking. Like, can you imagine? <laughs> Mary Lou Henner, an alumnus no. of the original Chicago production, appeared as a replacement oh. in the role of Marty. So look, there's Patrick the Swayze connection. and Treat Williams were replacements as Danny Zuko. Patrick and Richard Swayze Beer is also listed as an understudy to many male roles, including Danny Zuko. Richard Gere played Danny Zuko in the London production in 1973. That's super rando. Now I, you know, like so he was a bit of a hoofah, so it wasn't so new when he when was he Billy did Chicago. Flynn in yeah, Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, huh, he was, he was, he was, he did all right in that. <clears throat> you already said this, but I did not know that Grease was written by Barry Gibb of the Bee Gees until. The song. Yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. The song Grease. I didn't realize that until recently, which I can't remember. Did they talk about huh. that in that documentary or? I don't, I don't know, but it, it totally sounds like it totally you know, the does Bee Gees. in retrospect. But at the moment, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. Um, uh, Rizzo's hickeys were real. Stockard Channing said in an interview that Jeff Conaway insisted on applying them himself the guy who played oh, Kinnicky. now there's yeah. a really sad thing here i was gonna say jeff to say. conway things did not go well while like, wasn't shooting, he on a, like a rea- was he on a reality show too while shooting the grease lightning musical number jeff conway was accidentally dropped hurting his Oof. back conway started taking painkillers eventually abusing prescription drugs and spiraling into drug addiction until he died in 2011 mm. at the age of 60. I mean, yep. at least he wasn't, you know, 50. That's all that that's we're going we're so to spin okay, that then? positive. We're going to spin that positive. This um, is like that seems arbitrary. But there's okay. also a couple of things that I learned about. So um, <laughs> in Olivia Newton-John's contract, she had to have a new solo song, which is why Hopelessly Devoted <laughs> to You was written oh. and was right. filmed after the entire filming was complete. They had to bring so she, her back. And that's why, if you'll notice, I in that, that whole sequence where she's mostly by herself, 
uh-huh. and that's the reason why is because uh-huh. it wasn't written until uh-huh. after the director I think didn't want it and he eventually realized that that was just the way it was going to be and he had to deal with it so he had to shoot it and of wow. course that song also earned the film's only Oscar nomination. Yeah. Now, so not basically, be... she had a like Beyonce contract, as I would. As yeah, I well, would she say was. Beyonce, I mean, she was huge. Like, this was a because she was thing. like she, she was, was a big massive. deal before. Yeah, she was yeah. massive. I mean, okay. she had some some pop culture impact. Gotcha. You know what I mean. But not to be outdone, John Travolta. Mm-hmm. As you know, in the original stage musical, Grease Lightning is sung by Kanicki because it's his car. Oh, yeah, yep, yep. And yep, John Travolta yep, was like, yep. no, 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 no. If you live I'm in taking John, that song. I'm taking that song. <laughs> and he, exactly. Clash of the Titans. <laughs> and he like... took that song from Jeff Conway, which might have been another reason that he got on those painkillers. Um, <laughs> Anyway, I think that you shouldn't be laughing about that. You should should not be laughing about that. That's a horrible thing to be laughing about. You're the one that made the horrible comment. I just Um, laughed at it. When filming began in June 1977, Stockard Channing was 33. Michael Tucci was 31. Ridiculous. Jamie Donnelly was 30. Annette Charles was 29. Olivia Newton John was 28. Barry mm. Pearl was 27, Jeff Conaway was 26, Dee Dee Khan 25, John Travolta 23. Oh my God, he was like really pretty young. Dinah Maynoff 21, Kelly Ward and Eddie Deason were 20, and Lorenzo Lamas was 19. So he was the oh, only one that God. was even in the ballpark of but being like you old hardly, enough. It's been a while, but I'm like, you hardly see the adults in the in in no. that show, right? I mean, there's like there's like the couple people at school but it's like you don't really see their like parents or anything no so. no and the reason it's is like, because just, they because they the would look age. the same age exactly. <laughs> or else you'd have to cast like ex- like extremely elderly people to be um yeah oh greece greece is greece the is word. the word yeah um wow are we? Is that a wrap? I mean, I guess so. There, I, I, oh, I do want to say one more thing, mm. which I'm sure I have played this before for you at some point in our relationship, okay. our, like early, early relationship. Is there is a recording of, um, oh God, what is her name? The woman from Yaz. Yaz. Uh, Yaz. It's a British, like you know, it's kind of that British pop group. Okay. Um, Vaguely familiar. I wish I could help you, but uh, you could help me if you could Google because we have to say it. I have to say it. What? Who um, is it? Who is Yaz? Who is Yaz? Yaz. It's Zay backwards. Um, Yaz pop group. Uh, Allison Moyer. Thank you, oh. Allison Moyer. Released uh, like a she had a little after yeah I think Yaz broke up and she had like a little solo career for a bit and kind of crossed the pond a little and on one of her singles it was like a CD single I guess Mm -hmm. there was a um, a B side of there are worse things I can do and it's fucking beautiful and is it like. Is it like a different take on not it? Not exactly. Or is it... It's just okay. it's very sparse. Like there's not mm-hmm. very it's, so it doesn't sound very musical theater. It sounds more like a like a weird sort of alt love song in a way, but it's not mm-hmm. necessarily different mm-hmm. tempo or anything. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah. So um, it's not like death metal. It's version not of hopelessly devoted to you. 
I could stay home every night Wait around for Mr. Ride Take cold showers every day And throw my life away On a dream that won't come true That, that would be uh, would- fascinating. That would I would listen to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Greece. There you go. Uh, I think that it maybe meant less to you, but um, but I love it and hate it. I do. I when I was listening to those those two basically two hours of Greece on the way to um, the Poconos this afternoon, I uh, there were just as many tracks that I just mm. forwarded. Um, mm-hmm. as there were yep. tracks that I dug into. Yep. I mean, I feel the same way about the music and so. the musical itself. Like, I don't need to see that again. I did watch that, uh, The was it Fox that did it? The live oh, one. Oh, the live one. Which we, which we hadn't mentioned, um, and I don't was remember it, much about it. Was it, it was... anything worth? No. 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 All right. No. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you so much. You know the whale noises are going to stop like oh. the millisecond after I we say goodbye. I mean, and I have Suki, actually and Suki, used to them. And Suki and Gosling will like decide oh, to take. They're a nap. sleeping. They're they're literally <laughs> sleeping right next to me. They're both like completely crashed out. Yeah, it's Murphy's law. Anyway, th- thank you for bearing with us for this shit show. Episode. Yeah, and thank you to and Mac until, for the for the recommendation. Yep. And we are excited about our upcoming uh, final. We have just like a half dozen Woo-hoo! episodes left. We're going to yeah, have for some more season. guests. Mm-hmm. We're going to hear from Hans. Yep. Um, and we're going to talk more about shit that we know nothing about. It's our brand. Bye. Bye-bye. There is-